This week on the Rockman Power Hour, we're joined by someone that literally won the heavy metal lottery early on in his career by joining his favorite band, so much so that he used to sing in a cover band that was devoted to said band. Take a wild guess who's on our show this week. Yep. Tim Ripper Owens is joining us this week on the Rockman Power Hour. Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour, a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture. And uh, just right off the bat, let's encourage you, if you are not already, to be subscribed to our podcast. Hit that alert button and you will be um, alerted every time we drop something new here on YouTube or on our audio portion of the podcast. And we really appreciate all of you for joining us on this journey. Ryan Stick, my co-host, is with me. Ryan, um, listen, man. When I told you that we had Tim Ripper Owens that was going to be joining us on the podcast, you lost your shit. You were so I, excited. I was, and I, shit was lost, but it was found in the middle of this interview where I realized who I was talking to in the situation. Yeah. Because I love the movie Rockstar so much, and everybody listening right now, they're like, oh, do you mention Rockstar? Fuck, yes, we do. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we do. And it was a dream come true to be able to talk about his perspective of how that movie started out as his life story and where it went. Uh, talking about his episode of Bar Rescue, which we yeah, saw a bunch of cool. episodes in when yeah. we were uh, when we were seeing Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie a few weeks ago. And, yeah. and Bar Rescue was on. I'm like, yeah, this is a show he was on. I and know. after a while, you're just like, fuck it. It's just people yelling because when you're not paying attention, I'm like, I know. But it, but I you know I like I like a I like a good makeover and uh, you know fixer upper. I find myself a fixer upper. My current look right now, besides this awesome uh, sweater from Studios Designs, which we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. yeah. So my friend Christina, she like uh, posted this thing yesterday on Facebook where it's just like this is my there's a definer in my building look. Okay. <laughs> and I'm like that makes so much fucking sense. Where if there's a dep in your building, the how little you will put in your hair and everything else yeah. when you just need to go get something that, in, a, in a building that you live in. So I find, see myself, I've been in my, there's a depreneur in my building look for years, seven years. <laughs> and uh, there is no dep in my building and I have to walk to it. And right now it is currently a walk of shame <laughs> because I leave the house being like, I'm just going to go to the store. And eight odd minutes later, I'm like saying, Maybe I should have rethought about how I, I I do my hair because everyone thinks I'm on drugs. And frankly, by the looks of me, sometimes uh, I don't blame them, you know? <laughs> well, listen, you know, we, um, we all have that thing where we don't, um, we don't really, we hope no one's seeing what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, that depender in my building thing is so, that's so spot on. Um, there's, yeah. there's times where I'll, I'll run to the grocery store and I'll have pajama pants on or, and, and, and um, you know what? It was crazy. So I went to Buffalo a mm. couple weeks back with, uh, with Julia and with her dad and her brother. Um, Cause they'd never been to an NFL game and the Buffalo bills fans. I mean, you know, football fans will, will dress crazy, but they've got these pants that they wear that are kind of like these red, white, and blue zebra stripe 
style pants that look like pajama pants. Well, let's right off the bat, America. I mean, if you go to Walmart, it's the home of the pajama pants. Like, let's just wear something that's comfy. So it's not, you know, dressing down is is not COVID casual. COVID casual. But at the football game, they were selling these pants, and there was a part of me that was like. Those look a lot like those pajama pants that I wear at home that they're kind of like polyester, but they're stretchy, but they're they're like, they can stretch really big, but they come right back. And it's just this comfort level that, um, yeah, it's hard when, once you get into that, um, it's hard to get out of it. And it took me, I would say it took me a good year post pandemic to get out of my jogging pants and to get into jeans again. So I totally feel you on the, uh, on the COVID casual. Is there a depanur? And if someone, if you're listening in the, uh, in the, in the United States, you don't know what a depanur or even outside of Quebec, a depanur is a convenience store or is a bodega or is a uh, 7-Eleven, if you will. So, you know, a lot of apartment buildings will have a convenience store in their lobby and um, you don't really, it's like, (laughs) you just hope no one catches you in the elevator, but yeah, but I think you look great. And especially ca- capping off that look is that that Queen of the Dam sweatshirt. I mean, that is just so nice. Look at that thing. It's very, it's very cool. Is there any uh, on the back? Uh yeah. I, I'm gonna try to show you. Yeah, don't hurt yourself. Oh, nice. Full graphic on the back. Oh, I love that. Oh something about you with the wall. Something about you uh, <laughs> with your hands up against the wall makes me th- it just screams you're getting arrested. <laughs> Well, just more enticing for the people listening at home. We're going to use audio captions. Uh, like a young Madonna displayed himself against a wall in an erotic pose that both said, I'm dangerous and interesting. Right. There you go. Yeah. Or none of that. But uh, anyway, speaking of, speaking of Kobe casual, uh, if you yourself want to rock some sweatpants, I just got these Lost Boys sweatpants from Serious Designs, mm. and they are so cool. I'm going to be wearing them in the next episode, so you know, stay tuned. Nice. Ryan will yeah. be doing a handstand to display them for you. Yeah. Um, I am. Well, this is one of the ones we talked about in I think our last episode. You were saying you were going to get this, so this is the uh, the st- kind of like the reverse stack. It's like a, so Cody's known for designing these stacks. They call them the VHS stacks, and he'll take one of the um you know he'll take one subject when it comes to um a film whether it be uh, an actor's career or a director and he'll he'll make a stack with vhs stacks so this is the the um nightmare on elm street stack but it's like the reverse stack so this is like if you bought that vhs box set this is what it looked like and i love this yeah pretty cool so um this is a shirt that will be arriving in ryan's mailbox very soon yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great. And uh now that we're, you know, we're dipping a little bit into the Halloween season, it's getting later in the fall. Uh I I got to say like looking at the stack rate on your shirt and thinking about Nightmare on Elm Street in chronological order. Yeah. It it, it I and how silly the movies would get later as each iteration would happen. It's almost kind of like the movie starts with a frown. Yeah. And forms a smile by the time it's over. So, so good. You know, great analogy. And they made they made a movie every year. And a shout out to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the Rock and Power Hour. Uh, we really, really appreciate them helping us keep the lights on here. And uh, man, I love me some Louisiana style Poirier's KO edition. Check it out. Um, pull this one right from the fridge, Ryan. This one is hot. This is very, very yeah. hot. If you're looking for a hot sauce that has a bite to it, this is the one. Poirier's Louisiana style KO edition. Love this. Dustin Poirier, uh, UFC legend, and this is his hot sauce. This is uh, made by the good friends over at Heartbeat, and this has got ghost pepper in it. That's why it's so hot. Yeah, because we all know ghosts are hot. Yes, they are. And um, it'll literally rip you apart. 
Oh, you're trying to do one of those segue things yeah, they I do don't like on the television. All right, forget about segues. Let's just go right into it. Ripper Owens is somebody that uh, you will know if you are a fan of heavy metal. This guy has a very unique story. It's one that's been told many, many times, but um, it's one that's worth telling over and over again because it's very unique. Um, of course, Ripper Owens, so popular that uh, there was a movie that was made about his life. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't get all the details absolutely correct, but got to give it an A for effort. And uh, that movie is Rockstar. We talk about it at length in this interview. Ryan, uh, Ripper Owens, you know, there's so many things that can be said about him. But I think the thing that needs to be said more is that he's an incredible singer. An incredible singer. And to step into uh, the huge, massive shoes of um, Rob Halford, and uh, at a time where heavy metal was on the downswing, um, but went in there and just absolutely killed it. And it's still talked about to this day, even with diehard fans. Listen, I am a Judas Priest fan and I am a Halford fan. Okay. But I have to tip my hat and I have to respect the years that Ripper Owens was fronting Judas Priest because he did a great job. And um, it was just a real treat to be able to talk to him today. I know you were excited about this and I don't want to keep anybody waiting anymore. Let's just go right into it. Our chat with Ripper Owens, right here on the Rock and Power Hour. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you for um, thank you for agreeing to do this. Ryan is in uh, Ryan's in uh, transit, so he just jumped on because I wanted him on this, so he doesn't have his microphone. But we'll be all right. Yeah, well, okay. I got I got microphones ish, but uh, you know, Tim, I want to show you my metal face, but. There's a heat wave in Montreal, so I'm going to show you my melting face. Yeah. Hey, I, I, you sound good. Your mic's working better than mine. <laughs> so you're from Akron. Yes. Which is crazy because I have history with Akron because I'm in recovery. Uh-oh. Oh, there you go. So yeah, fantastic. Yes. So I made a pilgrimage to Akron. I've been sober 31 years and I made a pilgrimage to Akron in 1992 in my first year of sobriety. And I remember going to Dr. Bob's house and all yeah. the haunts, which was great. And then when I started touring, um, every time we would play Cleveland, I would make the bus go to Akron to make sure I went and paid my respects to Dr. Bob's. It's funny when uh, David Ellison, I, had, I was doing a solo tour and I had everybody in the band stayed at my house, which was Simon Wright and Chris Caffrey and, and David Ellison and David went to uh, he went to to check it out. He went to a meeting there and went to check it out because like I think he had to because um, Chris Caff, uh, well Simon Wright drank enough beer for like a whole band. So I think David was like, yeah, I think I might want to go check this place out. Yeah, David went there and uh, people. Have, I've done several. I just did another interview and the, and the person said to me, and I think it was from South America, said, "Hey, that's where AA started." Yeah, and that's what the great. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people will just see that. And, and casual research, you know, cause some people will be thorough, but for me, I really had skin in the game by going, um, you know, I know there's a lot more to do with Akron than tires. So, uh, it, it, yeah. it's, it's really cool to, uh, to find out that you were from Akron. And, um, yeah. so the other thing too, is, I mean, you are from, you know, a place where, you know, Cleveland is so synonymous with rock and roll. So many incredible, you know, live shows were recorded in Cleveland, um, you know, just spinal tap saying, hello, Cleveland. Like it's always yeah. had this, Ohio's always had this special pace place with rock and roll. Um, did you kind of feel that growing up? Uh, I kind of did, you know, I mean, there was a point where, you know, we had Devo and we had Chrissy Hine, the pretenders, 
you know, and that was early on. I was like, hey, they're from Akron, but yeah, it always seemed seemed like it, you know, with the with the Cleveland Agora and the Akron Agora, it's always a good music scene. And uh, WMMS, you know, one, you know, was a great radio station when I was young. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I always felt it, you know. I mean, I think I felt more of the the rubber than I did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the not, rock and roll. <laughs> rubber is not really there anymore. It's, it's funny because I just talked about that in the last interview. Somebody said that they, uh, I don't know why, how he brought up. Oh, he worked at Goodyear. He was from Spain, but he worked for Goodyear. And uh, he said, so I know about Akron. But, you know, we're not really the rubber capital anymore. There's not much going on with rubber rubber there. But there's there's still some rock and roll going on there with the with the Black Keys and everybody else. So yeah. we still got it. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, we're, we're talking about rubber and we're talking about alcoholism. and But, I mean, the reality is that um, we're also talking to a guy that can sing his motherfucking ass off. And uh, what I've always liked about you is um, you're you're that guy – who, you know, everyone kind of has always cheered for. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're the guy that's come into some situations that have been, you know, obviously there's the, there's the one everybody knows about. I mean, you you know, getting into, getting into the priest, but you've always been able to find a situation that fit for you. And you've always, sh- like, shown or shined in that situation. Like, you've always shined in those situations. Well, yeah, I've always been a guy that loved to hate, too. So that's <laughs> kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I, I take that and... That's why I like to to try and shine and do good because I love to get the haters mad. Yeah, and it, and I mean, you come at a, you come from a time where haters didn't have the platforms that they have now. I mean, can you imagine if you would have made that jump when you know social media existed the way it is now? Um, I mean, you would have been dealing with avalanches of hate and 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 encouragement like both sides of it. You know? Yeah, it's really crazy the the difference of how everybody's a critic now. Everybody. I, I, I've always said this, like, if you don't like me, that's, that's, that's great. You know, you know, I don't, I don't like a lot of people, but I would never run to social media and post underneath that person's page and go, I hate you. Your album sucks. Right. Terrible. Mm -hmm. Now they just love to, people just love, I think that's all they love to do. When I grew up, you got the magazine, you, you read about the band and you heard their song on the radio. You know, that, that was about it. Even, you know, even when I was growing up uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, rock stars just seemed like these unattainable mythical beings that came to us through radio signals. And, you know, they were larger than life in the magazines and stuff. Uh, But I think little moments of, you know, your story being able to be a fan that gets to be in a band like that happened with you, the Misfits, a little bit of ACDC. It's like, you know, all of a sudden, like someone could ascend to that level. I'm sure that, uh, you know, when Judas Priest were known as the metal gods when you were growing up, ob- obviously it's like, oh, wow, it's great to be in a band. But at the same time, it's like all these years later, I think all those people, you know, that used to uh, make a big deal out of it have, can finally fuck off and just appreciate the entire legacy of Judas Priest and how good those albums you ha- were on. I agree. I mean, I was lucky. I came from the time where they had to get a videotape. And I tell people people can make it. That's why I tell anybody, anybody who's in a band with me now or we're touring or I'm like, your job is to go on stage and blow people away every time because our shows are being put on, on YouTube while I'm still on stage. Yeah. You know, they're, (laughs) they're, you know, they're being broadcast, but yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of the people that hated me back then, if they came to the concerts, they ended up liking me. I think that was the difference. Mm -hmm. Now people just hate people on social media. But a a lot of the people, unless they didn't give me a chance, and I get it. You loved Rob. You loved Priest. You didn't want change. I know people don't want change. And 
Um, but most of the people who came out, KK, you saw, I say the proof is in the pudding. Mm. Come out and watch Ripper and then you'll, and and I, they did. But nowadays people don't even give it a chance. They just, they just hate. They don't yeah. even go, oh, that record's pretty good. They'll just go, yeah, I don't like the band name. So the record sucks. And it's like, I mean, that makes no sense. But yeah, I can't, it was a different era. Like you said, you were 80s, 90s and totally different. You know, I mean, it was, uh, you know, nowadays people have, they could just, get discovered on youtube so do your job be good hey even you guys doing what you do this is you know it's so different than i had to do promos right we would do promos in a hotel room for a week straight people shuffling in and out in some country you know you just i'm on a vacation in australia sitting at at my girlfriend's house doing interviews all day you know so it's uh yeah it's a lot lot nicer than having to show up at a junket and sitting in a a hotel room for you know for yeah but you guys want to be on the top of your game now because it's going to be seen by people all over the world and you want it to be good you want to be uh there's gonna be a lot of i can't wait to see the people that hate you guys so i can read that too so (laughs) hey listen i've been you know being someone who was in a music who was in a band for years um who who, you know who's done radio for 14 years um just got let go actually from a big radio company. I know what it's like to be, um, to be on the receiving end of that, but you know, I, I think what's great about you is that you've always been able to prove people wrong through your skills. Um, you know, you talk about people that have had to step into situations where they weren't the original guy. I remember, you know, some of my favorite, you know, anthrax stuff was the stuff they did with John Bush. I mean, they, yeah. they were great. So, um, there's no doubt that you 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 definitely are an accomplished vocalist. I wanted to ask you one thing in particular because when I was looking through, I didn't realize that you had played with Roy Mayorga. Um, yes, in yeah. a project, and I know Roy from the Soulfly days. Um, yeah, I mean, just an incredible drummer. What was it like to play with Roy? Because Roy's the kind of guy um, I know from spending some time with him when I was in LA. Extremely positive guy. Um, great, great, great drummer, but. I, I would imagine you guys together might probably it probably had a bit of a good time because he's a not only is he a great drummer, but he's also a really good human. Yeah, he's a great guy. We had a great time. You know, I first met him. I did the Roadrunner United concert. Yep. And I did. Uh, uh, was it Abigail from King Diamond and a couple other songs, Annihilator song. And Roy played. And that's when uh, uh, he got s- taken by um, Corey. That's Oh, by Corey for yes, 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 for Stone Sour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey Corey Washington said, He, you are coming with me, young man. Um, (laughs) because he was so good. Yeah. And then he came with us with a band called Hale, which had Andreas Kisser. And yeah, uh, and he's just, uh, yeah, he's so good. When I watched him play at that Roadrunner United concert, I was like, man, this guy is special right here because he is, uh, and you, and that's the thing. I'm probably one of the easiest guys to get along with, you know. Uh, as long as you're not, you know, doing stupid things on tour or uh, drinking too much or anything, I'm really easy to get along with. And, uh, in life in general, I come from Akron, I got my kids and, you know, pretty normal guy. And he's like that as well. There's so many people like that. And Roy's like that. So like you, you hit him right on the head. Not only is he a great player and we had a blast, uh, he's a good, good guy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Of course, we've established, uh, you know, you're a great singer, but also at the same time, you seem to be uh, a, a very cool uh, owner of a bar. I saw the show called Bar Rescue a million years ago, and I saw this episode that your bar was featured on. And yeah. I always wanted to know, I'm like, was things not going right in your bar or was it like just great publicity to have, you know, a show like Bar Rescue feature it? 
it was all faith. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought so. Yeah. From head to toe, you know, I we sold that bar probably about three years after that because I just had to get back on the road. But uh, it was a great restaurant, great food, great bands. But they called us mm. and said, "Hey, we're going to be in Youngstown. Would you be interested in doing it?" My partner's like, "We really don't need them." And then we <laughs> thought, you know, it doesn't cost anything. You get some publicity. You get a free makeover, and they did a great makeover. But it's yeah. all fake. We did we did takes over and over again. <laughs> walk into the room and they'd say walk in look right and look disgusted and then they, i would do it and they go no do it again but do it this way and this way so it was kind of funny that uh uh john taffer was was really nice to me the first time i met him in that car was the first time i met him okay and he goes he's he was talking to me about music and he used to run the troubadour and he was a drummer and and blah blah blah, and he was talking about me, and then then it would say action, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, you know, be like yelling at everybody. He was great to me though, but the show is was all fake. But they they kept they kept our place pretty much the same, you know, made it still rock and rolling. But yeah, it was fake. It was funny. One day we just get a call. You want to do bar rescue? We're like, yeah, okay, yeah, reality TV, right? <laughs> it is so fake. I, there was a scene where my. My partner had money and he went like this or something. And then he <clears throat> flip, flips me off. But I that wasn't how it went. We They'd had him throw the money up. And then they were leaving the office and they said, hey, do me a favor, Micah. Just flip flip off the camera. You know, just out of, you know. And I said, after they left, I said, because I have friends who did reality shows, you know, Scott Ian and Sebastian and, yeah. and all those guys. And they told me how Scott Ian said how fake it was, how bad they made Sebastian look. And it really wasn't as bad mm-hmm. as it was i mean it's pretty easy to make him look bad but it was pretty uh um it was totally fake and he said uh i said when he flipped me off i said you know you just flipped me off you know they're gonna make make it look like i was standing there and you flipped me off and so but it was it was cool to do it i mean you know it was uh it's just funny that it was so fake um sorry yeah, jason I, i've been waiting my whole life to ask him this just yeah. speaking of drama and fake drama and all that so uh, i like the movie rockstar but i know that that's pretty much your life story and they changed enough of it to uh, not give you or priest any credit um and under the guise that maybe reality wasn't interesting enough like you know we always it just seems like in reality shows or films we're always kind of we're bullshitting everything just to make like life more faster, funnier, more dramatic, whatever. Cause you seem like such an easygoing guy. I I couldn't imagine them making two hours of trouble based on you. You know what I mean? But you don't have to make this. The real story would have been better. I mean, look at movies mm-hmm. like almost famous. Mm-hmm. They, they, that wasn't, they didn't add him, you know, having a line of, people having sex out maybe they did in the batmobile and and all this stuff i think the big problem with that was because i you know my mom was diagnosed with ms metal wasn't good at that time we weren't playing arenas it was the mid mid 90s i mean you know we were lucky to play bob's big bamboo or something like that you know and uh i think the real story would have been better i think the reason why it ended up changing was the band didn't like how they were being portrayed they didn't like that one guy was kind of running the band, which was true. The old singer was gay, which was true. Um, they they didn't like that the band, they tried to make them look older, which they were older. But now that I look back, 
they were only in their upper forties. I mean, I'm 56 now, so I guess <laughs> that was, uh, um, but they, they didn't want to be involved with it because they didn't like how the movie was going. And I understood, but I think it would have been a better movie if we would have been involved. Sure. But I still think they, you nailed it. They have to make it spinal tap. Like, you know, that's yeah. basically what they did. They wanted to add humor and I mean, make this fan like a crazed fan who made the band. Well, I was a fan in the, in the 80s when I was in high school, mm. you know, like that. I was actually in a Seattle tribute band when I made Judas Priest. So that goes to show you that um, I had, you know, I had a kid. And it was just a lot different. I think the real movie would have been better, but they do. They got to make it so off the cuff, you know. And I think they made it more off the cuff when we pulled away because they went on the road with Pantera. So that's going to be a lot different stories than oh God, yeah. than stories with me. I mean, that's rock and roll stories, sex, yeah. drugs, and rock and roll. Going oh, backstage yeah. with Dimebag and Pantera at the time, yeah. there'd be people brewing in the, in the restroom. There'll be, you know, black tooth grins all around and drinking and craziness. And you go back with, with us and we're talking about where we're golfing the next day. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, listen, um, I, I was on OzFest with, with Pantera in 2000 on reinventing the steel. And, uh, you know, they just happened to be on the road and Zach was there. Zach wasn't playing with Ozzy anymore, but he was on with black label society. I mean, they were partying together every night. And I remember walking by one of those trailers that was backstage and literally walking by and a chair just came right through the window in front of my patch. Like, and all I just heard was, fuck yeah. And I was just, this is, here I am, this little Canadian guy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So yeah, yeah. The, the Pantera backstage was a whole other ball game. I've been backstage for Priest. And you're right, very calm, you know, different thing. And um, so it's it's funny how Hollywood will take things and push them to excess. And, you know, um, when they did the, the Dirt movie, you know, uh, on Motley Crue. Yeah. A lot of that, from what I heard, you know, there was there was a lot of exaggerations. But I think at one point you kind of have to push, you know, you got to kind of put eight pounds of shit in a six pound bag to make people interested for two hours. So I kind of get that. I, but I think but you, I, you know, a lot of the movies that are. I get it, maybe for a Netflix movie. Yeah. But um, this was a, this could have been better of, as a normal thing. I mean, listen, everybody's penis talks. I get it. And that's <laughs> dirt. And I. Yeah. I mine doesn't talk back. I think it's deaf, but I talk to it every night. But um, I can see that a little more with Motley Crue, sure, to be honest, because yeah. story they're making. I mean, look at Motley Crue. I mean, that's a sex, drugs, rock and roll craziness kind of story. But the the Rockstar movie was different. I think it could have just been handled. It could have been made a lot different. You know, um, I think. And I remember when we said no, we're yeah. not involved anymore. We were going to have music involved. Yeah. Um, I mean, not the story from a New York Times article and the rights to my story. But then once we pulled away, they just went out with other people and added and made their own thing. And, and you can see the way it's been kind of memor like the way it's kind of remembered in, in history, not too fondly. You know, it's not like it's found its base again. It's not like it's found a cult following. It just kind of hasn't done anything and i think it's because of that i think it's because a lot of people know the, the the authenticity you know they know what the base of the story is but they also know that there's a lot of people that weren't happy with it do you know what i mean as of people get mad at me when i say i didn't care for it that much and it came out at 9 11 was a was a big thing why it left so fast it did yeah. fairly well first the first couple of days 
Right now, we interrupt your regular schedule of programming because we have a Zoom error and had to start the interview about 20 seconds afterwards. The topic was changed, and we're getting into the music that Tim Ripper Owens really likes. Let's go for it right now in the Rock and Power Hour. There we go. I, gotcha. love, I love me some Beatles and David Bowie. and Yeah. I used to, when I was younger, I subscribed to this bullshit where I wasn't allowed to like rap music because I liked punk and metal. It was so fucking, that shit was even happening in the late 90s. I can't imagine what it was like in the fucking 80s and shit. You know, it was pretty good with the rap in the 80s because we had Run DMC. Yeah. Who, you know, king of rock and a gang, 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 gang. You know, they had like him. <laughs> so rap was more tolerable and to me better because it 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 didn't attack people it just talked about life kind of stuff <laughs> you know but it was great man sugar hill i remember getting the sugar hill gang rappers delight in the oh, late yeah. 70s you know, having the big 10 inch sing you know single and yeah don't make me bust out in rappers delight i mean i it's just you know <laughs> i wouldn't say no uh ryan and i have uh well dmc is a friend of ours and we've done uh, we've done quite a few collaborations with daryl and um he's just oh, I, mean, man, I, I love run dmc man oh man yeah i'm wearing my adidas right now yeah. i uh <laughs> i mean you know that it was it was just a great time it was funny because the 80s were a great time for just music to me i mean it's mm. not my favorite era my favorite era is 50s 60s and 70s but right. uh yeah i i love that era of music but i you know 80s like you said punk you know you're you're you would listen to the, you know, day glow abortions or whatever I was listening to at the time, you know, uh, dead Kennedys or something. And then, and then you would listen to, uh, Lizzie Borden and then you'd listen to run DMC. And it was just like, I don't know, such a great time of music with all that, you know, then all of it, a lot of it got watered down more and, you know, all of it became more mainstream. That's, that's what happened. All of it became kind of more mainstream or something. I don't know, but yeah, it was a great time. All those, you know, man, oh man. So tell me a bit about, um, what's going on with, uh, with KK's priest and, um, and, and some of the work around that and what you've been doing recently. Yeah, it's, it's great. You know, the second record and, um, comes out the end of September and it's, it's doing great. It's fantastic. I mean, the reviews have been great. It's a great record and we finally played shows and they've been out of this world. I mean, these festivals we played, and we're only going to go out if we can take out the pyro and the full stage. And yeah. that's hard when you're a new band. I mean, obviously KK is KK Downing, so it's not new. And then it's KK myself, so it's a pretty good pedigree. But it's still a new thing. But the festivals we played, the people singing at the shows, our songs, you know, one yeah. more shot at glory singing. And, but it's really good. And I think I'm really happy. I'm really happy with the record itself. I think it's it's a really good good quality sounding and great songs i think it's really great so this is you know it's doing really well so hopefully we can we can get out there and tour some more and you're having a good time with it which is what matters um and it must be fun to be with your buddy as well it is and it's the bandmates are great They're all friends and my drummer from three trimmers and uh sean i got in there and but yeah looking next looking at ken first of all he's gonna be 72 next month and i just can't fathom it because he's <laughs> He's way younger and more energetic than I am. And <laughs> as we rehearse, I tell the story all the time. When we're rehearsing, he's just, I look across and he's just standing there and the whole time, the whole day and just talking and doing it. And I'm like over on a chair taking a nap, you know, and, uh, and I'm the one who goes to the gym every day and I, I'm in the best health of my life. 
But it's amazing. This guy is just, and his writing is so good right now. It's yeah. unbelievable. I just look at him and go, he's 72. This guy's never going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's great when you see, you know, there's something about the, the the older rock star where I don't know if it was something in the water, or if me, but you know, especially a lot of the British guys, um, I don't know if it's from hard upbringing or just like, you know, being in an era where you kind of had to be tough, but um, they just, they've, they've aged in a way that they're, they've seen shit. But man, they can endure and they've got they've got endurance. Well, there's also something else combined with that. It's also the ones who mo- a lot of them eventually t- took care of themselves at some point. Not, you know, drugs and alcohol wasn't with them until they were 60 something or, or they're still not yeah. doing it. Yeah. I mean, Ken was never he drinks beer. Uh, after the show, he'll have some beers or maybe after rehearsal when he gets home, he might have one. But, you know, he's always had kind of like me. I'm not a big drinker i have a a beer that might be about it for me i've never been a big drinker and and uh but ken is like it but i think that's always a a, listen people might have paul mccartney ringo Starr. look at those guys i mean all those old videos are smoking up a chimney yeah drugs and stuff but they stopped pretty early on probably you know you're right early on so uh, i think that's the key to it but yeah there's I love looking at some of these old rockers and go, oh man, look at that, you know? Yeah, it, it is a nice thing to see. And, uh, and you know, always looking to the future. Is there anyone that you're um, listening to now, any bands that you that, that are on the horizon that you've seen play that have just made you go, wow, I mean, there's there's a future for rock and roll? Really? I don't think I, it's not, they're out there. My nephews listen to them all. I'm, I'm like, I've never even heard of that band. And I look and they got like 100 million views on their YouTube channel. I'm like, I've never even heard of them. Um, I, they're out there and I know it, but I, you know, I'm just, I, music wise, I'll listen to maybe the local radio station when I'm driving, but I, or sports talk, but I listen to a lot of, you know, like I said, uh, David Bowie, Beatles, Dio, yeah, Sabbath, Benediction, you know, whatever, James Taylor, I don't know, whatever's on my, my, whatever's playing, you know, but, uh, Testaments, you know, Anthrax. So I, I still kind of stuck with, I, I could listen to Dio all day long. With Rainbow yeah, same, and Sapp- same. Dio. I mean, <laughs> I could put his career on and just fade away, just go off into my own world, you know, but yeah, I don't, I just don't listen to a lot, you know, and uh, I guess stuck in my ways, but I'm also always trying to study. I mean, lately I've just studied these songs to try to get ready for touring, sure. you know? So yeah. it's like, I, I did so much for this one is that we recorded the whole set list because it was a new thing to get ready. We they recorded the whole set list to a click track because the click track had to go with the light show and the pyro. Uh, I went in and recorded all the vocals to the whole set like it was a live concert, and that's what I study. So I sit at home and I study this live version. But we even put fake crowd noise in there. And every, well, Ken did. Ken made this, you know, and it's pretty cool that they him and a guitar player spent all this time to make this. So I sat at the gym listening to that over and over again, and it's like, ugh. Man, oh man, forever. But I need to. When I had my restaurant, I got to see more younger bands come through. Right. I like a lot of the stoner rock bands that would come yeah. through. I always, I really dug it. I've always dug guitars like that. My band Beyond Fear, mm. that was more of the songwriting I did. Uh, you know, Sabbathy, Soundgarden. I always loved the kind of guitars yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, everything that came out of the out of Palm Desert and and all the, you know, like the Caius and every, I mean, John Garcia. I mean, he's he's a singer that everything John yeah. Garcia from Caius does. 
Um, every yeah. project he's done since has been has been great. But uh, one person to put on your radar, uh, we had Wolfgang Van Halen on um, okay. a couple yeah. weeks ago, and Wolfie's record, the new Mam- that Mammoth well, Project, that's a pretty great. It's a pretty great record, and he, the guy plays everything on there himself. Yes, that's what's pretty awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, I should put that in my playlist. Yeah, I don't know why I haven't because he's such a great singer. As great well. singer, great guitar player. We saw him. I don't we, listen to something that's just a great singer because um, I'll listen in. I mean, I do prefer singers that can sing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially live. I love singers that can sing live. Yeah. Uh, and he brings it. You know, when you that's that's the I've watched him um, sing live on some some stuff. And uh, I had a buddy of mine that posted something and said, man, he can sing. And he was a singer friend of mine. And I watched it. And this was live. And I was like, man, he's. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know what? I'll put that into my. uh, He can he can play he can play guitar like a motherfucker. Um, Oh, we know that. Yeah, we know. Just it's just when he when he told us we we were. Go ahead, sorry. I can't say we knew that because I really found that out when you watched him do that tribute to his dad thing, and he was playing those songs. That's when you go, oh shit. Yeah, you know. Even though I knew he recorded all the instruments. Yeah. um, but to do things live is still, you know, how many bands do we know that makes these recordings and then can never bring it live? They can't sing it live or play it live. Yeah. And, I mean, or bands like, that yeah, kind of I, just I, use their recordings live, unfortunately, and uh, but now, you know, nilly vanilla the audience to death. <laughs> and it's not just the old fuddy-duddies who can't sing anymore. It's these yeah. young bands that come up, Darren, or younger bands, you know. how? Why would a 30-year-old need to have his lead vocals and a recording behind him. That makes no sense. I, I agree with I you. Get, I get some of the background choirs or the sure. sound effects. Uh, to fatten things up. Yeah. Yeah, I get all that stuff. But but main vocals, your main singer, or a guitar solo, I guess, but a main vocal, yeah. And if you're 30 years old, yeah. I mean, Don Dokken and, and, you know, we have all those singers that do that. And you go, Phew. but yeah. at least they're old. And, you know, Vince Neil you know, never known for a singing anyways, but no, and here's also what I say. If you're going to lip sync. Yeah. Do it at well. least lip good. Yeah. Don't put, the, you know, you know, and this is, here's another thing that got me it's, and, and I won't keep you much longer. I'll, I'll, we'll leave you with this, but um, you know, you talk about passion and, um, and you've been involved with a lot of projects where you've just, it seems like you're having fun and, and, and you're there for the right reasons. You're there for the music. I just watched a clip of Joey Belladonna's journey tribute Jerry. yeah and i couldn't believe like here's joey belladonna been in anthrax forever has nothing to prove and decides hey you know charlie's going out he's he's with pantera the other guys are busy i'm gonna fucking do a journey tribute band and i heard him doing it and it's like how fucking cool is that 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 and well, he's, he's killing it, it you know long time. and listen i've always said this this is why i loved anthrax then yeah. because there was a thrash band that had the singer i mean he's mm. it sounded like steve perry singing in in anthrax <laughs> yeah right? i mean he had yeah. that's sure. his favorite singer. and i think it's yeah i think it's great he's such a i love i love anthrax both john bush and and uh, even neil i love them all yeah you know he loves singing and he's so good at it so why not but i'll tell you i'm gonna tell you one thing this is why i think singers the singers who lip sync after we watch them lip sync and they lip sync so bad they can't even lip sync i think they can't sing for the same reason i think they're lazy yeah because if you're lazy and you can't even lip sync maybe that's why you probably weren't singing that good in the first place maybe you were just too lazy to worry about singing so now you're lip syncing and 
you're holding the mic out in the crowd when your vocals are going on. And yeah, that's a, that's a weird one. And you see it, or, you know, if you see someone drop a mic or they fall on stage and the vocals are still going, it's just embarrassing. But, um, Oh yeah. That, that one, uh, lady did it, the rap lady or whatever. She threw that mic at the person. Yeah. 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 I saw that. They threw a, yeah. And her, yeah. her sick still going on. Cardi B, <laughs> Cardi B. Yeah. We call that projection. Yeah. Well, one thing She's you can, good. one thing you can tell, um, you know, for sure, uh, out of the gate and I can guarantee is that when you go see you play, um, you're not lip syncing, you're singing, you're singing great. Um, looking forward to hopefully getting to see you live soon. And, uh, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time to chat today. Um, thank you. Know, you. And remember guys, when I do lip sync, yeah, I'll be, I'll be good at it. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Uh, you're the best. And uh, and thanks for your patience with our, uh, our little... Uh, and have fun in Australia, man. It's I'm great. I'm getting ready to go. Go. I'm in the mountains right now. I'm going to go down into the city and have a couple of days of uh, looking around and having some fun. And my girlfriend and I. And and uh, so it's good. It's nice. As I'm here, I'm sitting in the mountains doing interviews. So it's okay. Life, life is good, man. You guys have my email now. So stay in touch. Email me whenever. Hundred um, percent, man. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, give me a shot, whatever. Yeah, and we'll let Jamie know once uh, once we put it up. We'll send you it. So if you guys want to share it and stuff, and uh, and and I hopefully we get to see. I don't know if there's a, any any chance of a a Canadian date coming up or anywhere in the vicinity, but we'd love to love to see you. We're decently okay. reachable in the states. Yeah, I have no criminal record. I'm allowed there, so I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Enjoy your vacation. Thanks for taking the time. All right, you got. It. We'll see you. Thank you. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye. I'd like to dedicate this entire episode to my friend Jared, who one time we were like driving around, we're trying to find something to do. And we were like, hey, why don't we just stop everything and go watch Rockstar instead <laughs> like at my house? And, and we did. And it was amazing. And he was telling me that Tim, Tim Ripper Owens, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is just based on the Jews Priest guy. And I'm like, no, it's not fucking Mark. This is based on the guy from the Funky Bunch. Like, come on. Anyway, uh, no, but seriously, he was mentioning that Tim Ripper Owens uh, sang an iced earth and all this other shit. J- Jared is the one who told me about the show Bar Rescue. He literally was ah. also the one. Like Jared is the is Jared is the Kevin Bacon of my knowledge of all things Tim Ripper Owens. So thank you very much, Jared, for being you and uh, as usual teaching me a little something. And uh, I love this chat. And first of all, thank you for including me in this, Jason. Course, this is the Rockman Power Hour. Yeah. And uh, I I have benefited from being uh, Robin to your Batman many times. And talking to Tim Ripper Owens was fucking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, m- much more of that coming this fall for sure. Uh, we got a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, little surprises up our sleeve. We got some great guests lined up for you. And uh, we want to just thank you so much for being a part of our journey um, and a part of this podcast. We can't do this without you. So we appreciate all the great feedback, all the shares, all the likes. Um, all the comments and please comment below who you want to hear on the podcast. Uh, if you are watching on YouTube or just send us a message, you can find us easily on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook. And, um, man, this is a blast and we're having a great time. So a big thanks to you. Thanks to studio house designs for always making us look fresh. Thanks to our friends over at heartbeat hot sauce. Use our promo code rockman 20 right below there. That'll get you 20% off your entire order and you can use it over and over again. It does not expire so make sure you use rockman 20 to get 20 percent off your entire order of heartbeat hot sauce and if you haven't tried it yet and you're a hot sauce fan what are you waiting for 
Uh, big thanks to my co-host Ryan Stick and a big thanks to our producer Julia Kajerski. And until next time, we will see you on the Rockman Power Hour. <laughs>